0: we're going to get a mic for Chris. Chris is going to tell you, um, I say briefly as long as he needs to take, but he's going to tell you a little bit about what he's doing over there um, and, and answer any questions you guys might have. So Chris, if you'll come up. Chris Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Okay, so first off, like I'm not really an emotional guy, but these past couple of days have just been, you know, obviously seeing everybody, you know, putting a face, not just seeing you on Facebook and stuff, seeing a, you know, be able to hug you and everything. In the past days has just been overwhelming, um, especially what y'all did yesterday. Uh, I didn't know that was going to happen until about three or four days ago. So, you know, the prayers, the financial support, and even the Facebook messages, comments—you have no idea how much that truly means to me, um, because. You know, it's a little bit different with me being, you know, not married, not kids, over 1,100 miles away in a third world country. Sometimes, obviously, it can get a little overwhelming. And just knowing that people are praying and people are just a random message on Facebook truly means a ton to me. So I just wanted to thank y'all. Y'all been so gracious to me. Um, I literally could go row by row and just pour in my love to you because it's truly meant a lot to me. Um, but just kind of wanted to say that first, um, and then. You now, my time's limited here, so I kind of wanted to share with you what's been going on the past three months and then what's going to be happening when I get back, because I go back Saturday. So, basically, to kind of give you a, a rundown of everything, um, Grace for Nations is an organization that's in Honduras, and I've linked up with Grace for Nations, and basically what we're doing is uh, there's a community in Honduras, in San Pedro Sula, it's called La López. Um, and we prayed about it when I got there. It's kind of been a vision on Grace for a Nation's Heart to kind of make an impact in that community. Um, that community, I mean, when I say poverty, I mean, Honduras in general is a lot of poverty, but that community there especially, it's just drug epidemic hovers over that place. Um, it's just really bad in poverty, um, but with that specific place, the gospel's not impacting that community. So, We were trying to think of different ways, obviously, as far as praying about it and stuff, to see how we can make an impact. Obviously, it's one thing, it's like I said, to take people water, you know, and make them comfortable, but it's another thing to take the living water, because that's the main mission. Um, So, basically, what we did is, being an American, I didn't realize until I got there what it really means to be an American, because you get a lot more access than most people in Honduras get. So, what they did is, me and one of the persons for Grace for Nations, we went and uh, we tried to get our foot in the door at a school to kind of get somewhere and make an impact in that community to where they can gain our trust, and then obviously from there kind of build on it in different phases. So anyways, we went to that school, and we just kind of said, hey, introduced, I introduced myself to them, obviously Spanish, not that good, so had a translator, but anyways, we went there, and the first couple weeks we just served you know there's trash they have no trash cans there it's 1100 kids in a school no trash cans so when you look around all it is is just trash so you know to me if i'm a kid and i'm in a school and there's trash everywhere you kind of feel like trash too because it's just all around you so what we did is we cleaned up we raked the fields for them um and we we actually i, I got to raise some money to get four trash cans so it's actually amazing to see after um we went there, picked up all the trash, and we bagged it. And I was like, well, we're really not. This is a Band-Aid. What's going to happen is there's no trash cans. It's going to keep going a, a vicious cycle. So anyways, the principal there was just grateful. And we were able to get trash cans. And now it's, it's kind of amazing when you go back and look just how much cleaner it looks. And um, so that was one of the uh, awesome thing that, that happened. And then, so what happened from then was um, Grace for Nations, they have a little bit of fundraising where they wanted to get a house. Like, not to where we live because of safety issues, but just a house basically. And this is the the next phase. This is what I'll be kind of doing when I go back. Um, the house they actually got there, it's like a two-bedroom house. And the idea of this will be is when the kids get out of school, they really have no place to go. So what happens is they get caught up in drugs or going on the streets and just start begging for money and stuff, they don't have like a little after place to go because school's only three hours there. It's not like a, you know, seven to three. It's like nine to 12, and then they have another session. It's like two to five. So what we'll be doing is um, we're cleaning up the house right now, and then when I get back, uh, I'll have it to where I'll be teaching English but also doing a Bible study. So giving the kids, you know, because they, they really do want to learn English, And but not only that, like I said, not just giving them English, be able to you know share the gospel and and give them you know a biblical base to they can build off of um, there. And then the other guy will do art classes. So it's kind of the main mission of that is it's there's different phases that they're doing Grace for Nations. But what the main focus will be is because the problem we're trying to figure out right now is every kid would want to go there, and then you run into the issue of there's 1,100 kids. And it's a small house. You know, so we're kind of right now telling certain kids, see how many show up, and then obviously you know, kind of build from there. Um, so that's obviously a ton of stuff has happened, and I don't have a ton of time, I could sit here for five hours and tell you everything that's occurred. But that's kind of the main focus when I get back and what kind of the vision of Grace for Nations has. Um, another thing I'm kind of doing on the side is, uh, there's a hospital there. I know some of y'all that went with us to the missions uh, over in Honduras last year. There's a hospital, and they have um. it's it's hard to get in there. You really can't just be in Honduran and walk in that hospital. It's not like here or Providence and stuff. Uh, but me and two other people um, went to the hospital, and they let me in because being an American, and we got to go to the kids' cancer center. And, you know, that to me, when I was there, I mean, I'll, just melts your heart because you know it's one thing for the kids to go through something they really don't quite understand being so young, but just talking to the parents and seeing just the how broken they were, and you know one of the things that made a kind of like a just kind of rejuvenated me was one of the ladies said, "Hey, I've been questioning God, asking God, just send me a sign of something to give me encouragement." And then this was yesterday, then you show up today, and To me, it's one thing for the kids, like I said, but the parents, to see them suffering through this and the conditions the kids are in, you know, it's, to me, what i am kind of been doing is raising some money, and I've got a couple of Bibles where basically I'm going to take the Bibles, and I'm going to build relationships with those kids at that cancer center, and basically you know, just give them comfort in the sense of, you know, the kids might not necessarily read the Bible, but just knowing that it's the Word of God's there, present, and those, you know, they're sitting there all day, the parents, and basically can pick it up and just have some comfort, peace, and then obviously the Holy Spirit will work through that. Um, So that's kind of something on the side I'm doing, building relationships there in that cancer center, but, you know, like I said, that's kind of the vision going back the next three months of what will be going on. So, Anyways, I, I told uh, Melissa and Andrew, I kind of want to do, you know, a Q&A, just because obviously some people have questions and stuff like that. If anybody has any questions, I don't know how you want to do this, um, you definitely, I don't know, you can just stand up and raise your hand or however you want to do it and just ask me a question if there's anything you, you're curious about, so go. Uh, I have nephews and nieces and... I love kids to death, and, you know, my nephews are 4 and 2, and these kids are, like, 4, 3, and 5. And that's one of the things I ask them, like, well, how did you, how'd you get here, you know? And majority, half to, like, one kid I've kind of bonded with, he walks 45 minutes a day. And, you know, it, the heat index got up to 129 degrees, so this kid's, like, 4 years old walking through, you know, one of the most dangerous countries in the world by himself just to get to school because the parents... Way it works over there is the kids, the parents basically, the money, you just don't make a lot of money there. So when you have kids, obviously, what happens, you got to spend more money, you know, for your kids. So obviously, what the parents do is they send the kids out of school after they get out of school, send them on the street and say, hey, you got to raise this amount of money. Or if you don't raise it, then a lot of times they get beat or something like that. So it's kind of, to answer your question, there's no, Parents walking to school. It's really just freelance, and it's sad, but it's just you know so many kids. Um, but that's just a couple that I have yet to see or you know witness somebody like a parent dropping a kid off at the school. So, anyways, that's it. Uh, hello. Uh, what it is for the house? It's two hundred bucks a month. Um, and then the idea, you know, the break dancers, what they want to do is on the top, and like I said, this is kind of where it's phases because obviously finances have to be there, you know, to be able to to accomplish different phases. Um, so what the main goal of it is, is eventually they have like break dancers that actually live in that community who go to City Hope Church there. And basically they want to redo the whole roof to make it like a, a break dance platform so they can give kids... Because, you know, kids love watching people do breakdance and want to learn it and stuff. So the main mission of that is to be able to get it to where they can teach kids how to breakdance um, on the top of the roof there. But finances-wise, I know it's like 200 bucks for the uh, rent, and then the water is super cheap, but we don't have power and stuff there yet. It's kind of just making sure we have the house, and then building on it. And that's where, um, like, when I go back, I'm going to try to get just a couple different things to make it look like a classroom. Um, they already raised the money Grace for Nations did for, like, paint, so we can paint it. And the house there hadn't been used in two and a half years. So, wow, that was fun cleaning the floors. It took us, like, five hours between me and Omar, one of the guys I work with, just to clean the floor. So we, we got to finish the paint when I get back, and then that following weeks when we're going to – because, you know, it doesn't have to be furnished and all that. It's just – make it look, you know, somewhat decent where they can, you know, see new paint and stuff like that. I would say, packed in maybe 150, maybe, I mean, but it's kind of like a a sardine situation, so, (laughs) um, you know, so that's if you want to go full force pack, but you know, the uh, the kick's going to be, like I said, some of the kids won't go just because they have to go on the street and make money. So that's the, you know, obviously we don't want them to do that. But at the same time, you know, if, if they're, they have to do it, they got to do it, I guess, in that aspect. But um, that's the part we don't know yet is how many, you know, because the hardest thing for me to do is, and I don't know if I could ever do it, I think I'll just somehow... Uh, just tell the neighbors to get out of their house for a minute is to turn a child away and say no sorry you can't come in you know what I'm saying so that that to me it would be very difficult and I hope never to experience it but um that's what we're praying about it and just see um what God does okay so where I live now is and it's one of the most amazing things and uh so blessed to be able to be in with this family um they have actually have two brothers they're 23 and 21 um they're bilingual which doesn't help my spanish but uh <laughs> the parents uh they're i mean it's it's almost one of the most gracious loving family i've ever experienced um they literally call me their son and i call them like papa and mama i mean it's it's amazing how uh, we've all connected and uh, so, I live with them. Um, I actually have my own room. The two brothers have, a like, a bunk bed, which I feel bad. But um, I guess it comes with the age. I get it. Um, so, anyways, I live there. Um, and then, as far as finances go, it's uh, rent. I pay 150 a month. And then, the power bill, that's the kicker. Is it's, it's expensive power. It's crazy. Like, you know, I used to freak out sometimes when I got, like, a $200 power bill. At my house, I mean, I've seen uh, some people have six, seven hundred dollar power bills. It's just so expensive. Um, so I pay whatever the the average amount of their power monthly cost was. Whenever I showed up, whatever the difference was is what I'm paying. So it's, I've came to a conclusion as far as like rent and uh, power. It's like three hundred bucks a month is what I've kind of came to the past three months have been. So, um, but. To kind of give you a summary of the brothers real quick, uh, 23-21, what's crazy to me and what kind of stood out to me was that when you're here and you're a Christian and, you know, there's other, you have non-Christian friends, you still hang out, you still talk to them. You know, it's not like they completely just cut you off. Over there, like, getting to know the brothers and talking to them, man, it's amazing. Like, it's not a persecution physically over there, but it's a persecution mentally because, like, you know, me and them have talked, and it's like, dude, when you're a believer— and you profess Jesus Christ, all your friends just cut you off. I mean, there's no like texting, there's no Facebook, there's no hanging out. Like it's literally, all right. If you choose God, then we're not going to have anything to do with you. So, like I said, that, I think that's a big open my eyes up there. It's not a physical persecution, but it is a mental persecution on um, that aspect. Especially being, you know when you look on Facebook and see all your friends doing stuff, and they don't want anything to do with you. So. That's yeah, amazing. People have asked me that, and I'll tell you this, I, I, honestly, to be in the most dangerous country in the world, I'd never, but maybe one time, um, it's like I said, like, you know, especially my mother has asked me a hundred times, and it's like, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I feel like to answer that question is, I I will never say, in the sense of like what I've seen, because it's different from a mission trip. A mission trip, you have guards with you; it's structured. You know, you're never in like really freelancing or anything like that. So, to me, the big difference was obviously no guards, more way more freedom, and you see a whole different side that you never saw when you went on a mission trip. So, I did see a lot of things. Obviously, I'll never, I will never say until my six months is up. I'll probably never tell my mother, but. You know, I only, honestly, I only felt, as much as I was walking around, I mean, you just have to, you can't just have guards with you. Um, I only felt one time, it was about a week ago, somewhat of just like, oh, this is a little sketchy, and got not nervous, but like, this is not right. But That was amazing. I think it's just the peace that I know God's called me there, that just kind of gave me that, you know, he's sovereign, he's in control, and I literally every morning wake up and pray, you know, that I'll walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, you know, so that, I think that's a big, big thing. Oh, muscle, I'm sorry, I was so focused on this side. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of them. Yes, I agree. Amen to that. All right. Thank y'all again. Though. I truly appreciate it though for everything, for real. Thank you. Love you. Man. Love you.
0: I think, it's, I think it's awesome um, what Chris is doing. I, I read an article a while back on Facebook of somebody criticizing uh, like short-term mission, mission trips and it made me mad. I didn't get in the debate because I didn't feel like dealing with it. But I mean, what an amazing impact it's had on Chris's life and then many, many, many other people from it. So people are just ignorant because they're just looking from the outside, honestly. Um, you really have to experience something like that. Um, and we went last year, and it was very much, very much life-changing for me. Um, anyway, so we're going to continue to to support you, Chris. This isn't just this weekend. <laughs> um, we we've got plans to continue to to try to help you, you know, while you're over there. So just know that you're not by yourself, um, and we're going to do that. So anyway, well, before we leave, man, we're always crunch for time. Before we leave, I, I want to pray for Chris, and I want Chris to pray for us too. Um, I've got a brief. I'm gonna try to make it as quick as possible. I normally have like nine pages of notes. I've only got four, so I'm trying to I'm trying to go quick. Um, but but don't run out of here if you can't. Before before you leave, I want to I want us to pray for you, and really for you you to pray for us as well. So stick around for that. All right, um, man. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you um, for this time that we've had just to hear what you're doing in Chris, and in, and in San Pedro Sula, Father. That that even now as we're here and as he's back just visiting, Father, that you're preparing a way for him, Father. That that, um, that when he goes back, that, that you're just going to uh, guide his steps. Just as he said, he's led by the spirit, not by the flesh. Not by the flesh, Father. And you don't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. And, Father, we just pray that over him right now as he goes, Father, that you just continue to show him the safe way, the right way, the best way, because you know better than we do. Um, Father, I just, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And just bless this time as we, we get into your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Um, I've got a daughter named Kylie she uh, She is a very interesting individual. She is probably the most like me um, <laughs> and uh, and i'm i how can I put this I'm, i can be a little hard headed sometimes and I can be very um, very f- frustrating to deal with I guess I could say and Trace could probably attest to that um, Kylie has this thing where she always wants justice. She wants to make sure that everyone knows that, that, that she knows if someone's done something wrong or if something's unequal. And, what, and if you've ever had more than one kid, you may have experienced this. When, when one kid does something, she will well, why does she get to do that and I don't get to do it? Why, why does she get that and I don't get to do that? Why does she have this and I don't have that? She got it. Why don't I get it? It's not fair, Daddy. It's not fair. And she'll, she'll literally, and I'll say, I understand it's, you don't understand it, but this is just the way it works. No. She won't accept that. She'll literally grab my. You don't know, Daddy. You don't understand. It's not fair. You, this isn't fair, and so she will adamantly protest if something is not fair, and she's very good at it. Like we'll go back and forth. Trace will tell you too. We'll go back and forth, and sometimes I'm like, I got nothing. You, I think you got me. I don't, you may be right here. This may be completely unfair. I don't know, but she's very good at it. Um, she, she may be. She's going to be. And here's the thing. This is a side note. Everyone, and this frustrates me, um, because everyone defaults to the bad side. Everyone says, oh, she's going to be your trouble kid. She's going to be the one that, that's going to go out and do all this bad stuff, and you're going to have to keep an eye on her. Well, I understand. I'm not blind to the fact that that's a reality, or it could be a reality, but I think the opposite. I think she's going to be a powerful woman of God, and she's going to be a leader, and she's going to be focused, and she's going to be driven. So uh, you guys, Ailey, man, she's going to be a powerful <laughs> You guys understand. So anyway, so I mean, there, there's just a, she's a fireball, man. She's just, she's strong-willed, and she's going to do some awesome things. So when, if you have kids like that, try, I'm not trying to give you advice, because I'm still working through it, but I'm just saying, I, I try to, as much as I can, guide her in the right direction and hope that she t- takes the right choices. Anyway, side note, she's fair. She wants fairness. Don't we all want to fair? We want to see things fair. Um, but I think we have our own level of fairness. Like, we, we determine it. We, we have these filters that we go through. This is fair. This is not fair from our own perception we're only we're limited by what we can see okay for, for fairness um in, in my spiritual journey i got saved when i was about 20 um i began to go to church uh met trace we began to date and i went and you guys know some of the backstory about my friend Jarrett, who witnessed to me and began, built a relationship with me and told me about the lord i began to go to his church um i'm gonna try not to mention denominations because they frustrate me i hate denominations but this was a more charismatic denomination at this time or whatever and so, I would, I would go up front and I, I was so excited. I, if, if you remember, after you got saved, you're just like on cloud nine. You don't want to, it's like you don't want to lose that high. You're like, oh, I feel so good. I want to keep this. I want to keep this. Let's keep going. And so, I would be in church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. Anytime the doors were open, I was there and I was reading, trying to catch up because I hated reading growing up and I was, you know, high school dropout. I hated, I was against the church. I was a rebel with no clue about anything. But I was trying to play catch up. I was like, I need to know more about this awesome God that saved me. I need to know more about it. So I was working really hard. Does it sound familiar to anybody? I was working really hard to try to figure all this stuff out. I need to know. Now, side note, having said that, the Lord used that and worked that in me. Now, it was kind of a messed up theology that I was trying to work on because I was learning. I was very young, um, young in the Lord. And so I would come up to the altar every Sunday, and I mean, it was very passionate and, you know, concert prayer and speaking in tongues and and raising of hands. and, And I would get up there and, and, you know, the pastor would come by and pray, and people are falling everywhere, boom, boom, boom. And he'd come to me, and nothing. And I was like, what's wrong with me? I want whatever. This has got to be good. I want some of this. You know, I want what they have. I want more of you. Whatever it is, I want it. And so I would go every Sunday, every Sunday. And I would get on my knees, and I would cry, and I would pray, Lord, what is it? What, I don't need to confess something else. What is it in me that I need to do for you to, for whatever's happening to these people? Because it seems like a good, you know, something's happening here, and I want that. Well, this happened, this happened for a long time. Well, Tracy and I began to date. And, and she went to, at that time, a different denomination. And, and it was a completely different end of the spectrum as far as the, the style and, and the way that they did things. Well, and when I would go, in my mind, I was like, oh, this is boring and dead. This is not what I, what I like. So we went back and forth a lot. You remember that? And we're like, I don't know what to do. She'd come to, come to the church that I would go to, and she'd go, oh, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with all these people? Like, she she's literally said she'd hold her, hold her breath the whole time. Now, if y'all know Tracy now, it's completely, you know, anyway, it's completely different. But here's the thing. We went back and forth with that for a while. Well, this, several, uh, time went on. This was before we had kids and everything, we were dating. Um, she invited me to like a, like a youth thing one afternoon or one, one night or whatever where they were having a, a youth uh, worship. And it was like a biker, Christian biker gang that came and played some cheesy Christian music. In hindsight, it was pretty cheesy, but um, we all went to it or whatever, and I remember praying on the way there. I was like, I don't need to be judgmental, you know, because because I was judgmental at the time, honestly. Um, and I was like, you know, I just want whatever you have for me, Lord. But I was pretty heartless prayers. I was just, whatever. I'm just going because I like Tracy. She's hot. I'm going to <laughs> go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go, whatever. And so we we went, and, uh, and they did the whole thing or whatever. And, and uh, afterwards, uh, uh, one of the ladies, it was one of the guys that was on stage playing or whatever, came and, and said, uh, just straight beeline to me and said, I really feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm cool with that. And then uh, before she started praying, she said, No, my husband, I feel like the Lord's saying my husband needs to pray for you. Whatever. Now, let me preface this by saying <laughs> this church was not very charismatic at all. None of these other youth were, you know, there was nothing very exciting going on. Everybody's just hanging out, and it was pretty mellow, to say the least. So this guy comes up to me and starts praying for me. Now, I'm not repenting, I'm not seeking, I'm not doing anything but saying, Yeah, whatever, pray for me kind of thing. Well, whatever. So as soon as he begins to speak, I'm flat on my back in a field, laughing and crying (laughs) at this, what I thought was kind of a dead church. I was like, what is happening? For a long time. Now, as I was thinking about this this morning, I was going to tell you all this story, I began to think, I don't know if we, I'm sure we discussed it at some point, but I'm thinking, (laughs) what in the world was probably going through her mind? (laughs) She ran, did you? You ran the other way? (laughs) I didn't remember. I was so... Like, completely consumed in the glory of God, I was just laughing and crying. I don't know what the guy said. I have no idea. but it was a long time. I was on the grass a long time, because I remember waking, up, I mean kind of coming to a little bit, I mean, just my eyes, and I was just like, "What is going on?" And uh, <laughs> I can imagine what you were thinking, like, all of these eligible bachelors here, and I picked <laughs> <this> <laughs> I picked this fruit loop in blue shoes laying on his back, crying. I don't know, thank God, thank God you stuck with me, but <laughs> I can only imagine what you were thinking. I really, I was thinking about that this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, what was she thinking, like this guy? Anyway, so we, she stuck it out, and we, <laughs> so anyway, but before that, I remember thinking, it's not fair, I don't get this stuff, it's not fair, but then the Lord showed me, it's not, it wasn't about me, and about me working, or doing anything. He was fine, he, could, he can move wherever he wants, it's not about the building, or the people, or anything like that, God's God, wherever. He also revealed to me that it wasn't, me working for it, he does it, and uh, but anyway, all those times when I was up front, I thought it wasn't fair that I wasn't getting what they were getting. Well, then, fast forward a long time, we've got small kids. We're doing our first youth trip here. We go to the ramp, they're impromptu. Um, and some of you have heard the story too impromptu baptism in a creek somewhere. All right, grab, grab your bathing suits and towel, we're gonna meet this creek, go to this creek, and we're gonna have a fire tunnel baptism. And at that time, I'd never even heard what a fire tunnel was, and so I was like, whatever. So we go through, and it's basically this long line of people praying for, and you go through the, through the like prayer tunnel slash baptism at the end. They baptize you, and you go on. Tracy goes in front of me, <clears throat> quiet, docile Tracy goes in front of me, <laughs> and I go behind her, and I'm you know just seeking the Lord. And at this time, I I had been wanting to to experience speaking in tongues. I'd never spoken in tongues, so I was curious about it, and I began to study about it, and I was like, I, feel, I really feel like I need this, and this is something that I want. So I began to do the same, similar to what I did with the other one, as naive as I am, trying to work and... I mean, I remember the the night before sitting on the porch of the weird house. I don't know who was there for that trip. Yeah, the weird house. You remember the weird creepy dollhouse place? Anyway, I was out on the, you slept in that creepy, funny stories from that trip. But anyway, it was very strange. But I remember being on that porch seriously confessing sins that I didn't even know. Like, I think I watched a bad movie the other day. I don't know. I just, I really want this to happen. I really feel like, you know, this is for me. And, you know, I'm in leadership and I really feel like this will be empowering and I just want to speak in tongues, Lord. Uh, nothing. In the same way before, I wasn't going to manufacture. I'm not going to fake anything. It's, uh, I'm not, doesn't benefit anybody, so. But nothing, 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 nothing. We go through this thing. Guess who comes out of the fire tunnel just speaking in tongues? Tracy. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the youth pastor. I'm the charismatic one. I'm supposed to get that. That's not fair. And Tracy's just, <laughs> I'm like. Seeking it? I didn't see you on your face. I didn't see you. That's not fair. It's just not fair. And I remember thinking that. I don't get it. I don't understand. And so several weeks later, we get back and we have a worship night in here. We move all the chairs aside and we have a youth worship night. We just have, actually, we were going to live stream, uh, I think, a ramp service, and uh, Wi Fi wouldn't work, typical. So we just threw the, threw the youth band up here and started worshiping. Just quiet, calm. Nothing worked up, nothing, you know, I wouldn't say it's not powerful, but nothing, you know, not in that moment when you're like, oh, this is awesome. Just basic. Love you, Lord. This is great. Same things last time. Boom. Start speaking in tongues just out of nowhere. Whoa. Where'd that come from? It wasn't me. It was, it was him. He's good. He's so good. Whew. Oh, man. But it's so cool to see how he does those things. He does them. It's not me. It wasn't. It wasn't me, because I'm, I'm analytical too, and and Kylie's got that. She wants to break everything down, and she'll break it down and back you in a corner. I used to do that a lot. I try to back you in a corner. I break it down. Okay, but where are you going with this? And those things, you know, I can see what was Lord, the Lord was doing, but I can't fully explain them. Fully, I can explain to an extent of of, of my perception of what happened there. But God was so good that He just He's like, here you go. It's just a, it's just a gift. It's not. It's not, it wasn't what you thought it was maybe it's just—it's it's so much easier than you thought I'm so much better than you thought um, but before that I didn't think it was fair but God, God's fair is different than our fair <laughs> like we've been talking about we, we get to discover truth we don't determine it we have a perception of a reality that we think we know what's going on around us we think we know what the truth is but God has a better truth for us and he, his fair is better than our fair so, we're going to be in Matthew. We're going to go through this real quick in Matthew twenty, um, verse one. We're, this is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Some of you know this story. <clears throat> I'm going to try to run through it pretty quick, as best I can. But uh, before I do, I just want to pray real quick. Father, just open our hearts um, to who you are right now, Father. As we get into your word, Father, just let us see it like you see it, and hear it and feel it like you do, Father. Um, just open our hearts and minds to receive your word right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like, now remember that, the kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus came down and, and his one message was, the kingdom of God is here. It's what he preached everywhere he went. The kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is here, kingdom of God is here. So this is a description of what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is God's kingdom. This is where he rules and reigns. This is what it's like. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages. Now listen to this, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those so when those who those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who is hired last the same as you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am so generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Now, I used to read the scripture, and I got, I got hung up on the first and last and last and first thing, which is, which is what it's really about, but I got hung up on it being self-centered and thinking, okay, well, that just means, you know, God's going God's to bless those that get saved last the same way that they get as well. The whole fairness thing kind of sits in here because when, uh, when he hires these people, there's basically five groups of people that he hires, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I want to get to this. There's five groups, Okay. And with the first group, he enters into a contract, right? In verse 2, he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. So they're under contract. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day. Now listen to the second group and every group after that. In verse 4, he says, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. Now listen to the difference in wording there. Now a lot of, uh, a lot of scholars believe, and I believe this is a hint to that too, is the difference in the relationship that he had with Israel and then the new covenant that's coming. The first one was under contract, which is the, the Ten Commandments and the rules and the laws that you follow. If you do this, then I will do that, that kind of agreement with God. If you do this, then I'll do that, contractual, more, you know, structured. The second one is a group, I'll give you whatever's right. Okay, does that make sense? Now, in the same way, um, what I think is interesting and funny at the same time is he lined them up backwards. The story is interesting because he lines it. He, he could have paid the first ones first, and they would have went on their way. They would have never known that the rest of them got paid something different. But look, he didn't do that. He said, I want to pay the last ones first. He wanted them to see it. How terrible is that? He wanted them to see that that in their eyes he was being unfair. So you can imagine him going down the line. Okay, you guys came at the last hour. I'm going to give you a denarius. Can you imagine the guys at the end going, what? That doesn't make any sense. That's not fair. That's not fair to us. We've been working here all day. That's not fair. And then he brings the other group. I'm going to give you a denarius. And they're like, Man, can you imagine them celebrating? This is awesome. I only worked a few hours and I got paid like for a full day's wages. How excited do you think that they were? How awesome is that? And on down, probably a little less excitement each time. By the very end, (laughs) complete, obvious, not excitement. (laughs) Because they were a little frustrated because it wasn't fair. That's not fair, landowner. But he said, I sent my foreman. I'm going to send him out there and I want you to do it this way specifically for a reason. Now, as he as he goes through those groups and he tells them, um, he says this. Hang on, let me go back here. Let's see. Verse nine: The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and received each a denarius. So, when those who came were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, "And you have made them equal." to us who have borne the burden of the work of the day of the heat. Now, here's here's kind of the, the, the crux of all this, the, the main point that I want to get to. Um, and this, this is really, I guess, if you could, and I really feel like the whole Christian life kind of boils down to this. Um, do you want to take what you think is yours and what you deserve, or will you take what you, or will you trust what comes from his hand? Now, I'm telling you, you don't want to be like the first ones that enter the contract and leave that vineyard. If I was there right now, I'd tell them, don't go. (laughs) Don't leave that vineyard. You don't want to just demand what you deserve. Be like the other ones that trust the Lord and what he has for you. Now, the difference is, do you trust the Lord? If you trust the Lord, you have to know that he's good. We've talked about this in the past, too. You can't give away something that you don't have. You have to have ten thousand dollars to give it away. You have to know that he's good before you can trust him. And I'm here to tell you, he is better than you thought he was. If you think you want to demand what you deserve, you're you don't. <laughs> you don't want to demand what you deserve. But will you trust to receive what he has for you? Listen, all those times when I was when I was frustrated and seeking and and. And almost, almost to the point of being angry with God of, why are, not, why are you not being fair with me? Listen, we even get into this day-to-day when this person gets blessed. And we're, the Bible tells us we're supposed to rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn with those with mourn. But how many times, seriously, we can be honest here, how many times do you see somebody blessed and you go, why, I'm right here, you know, and the blessing will come and then, whew. I, I wanted that. Why not, you know, why not me? And then you feel you feel like you're less than because of that, or you're jealous because of that, or when somebody—how how about this? I'm sorry. <laughs> how about this? If someone something bad happens to somebody, and you secretly feel good about it, it, builds you up. That's good. They deserve that. That's not that's not what God wants us to do. Amen. Listen, this this you know sometimes when we worship we do this we do this it's a it's a it's a submitting. We're not, we're not familiar with that in our culture because we've got bad people. Some people are just mean. I grew up with a lot of bad people and had a, a very bad image of people growing up. But once I understood how good God was, I can, it took me a while, but I could do this. It's, I'm all yours. Everything. My wife, my marriage, my kids. It's all yours. How can, how, how can I, in my own power, do any of this? I mean... I said last week, I never, I've never been to cemetery, or seminary. Um, I dropped out of high school. I was, I was chasing all the wrong things. I have no practical reason in man's eyes to be up here talking to you guys. But when I was 20, and I said, I, even when God began to tug at my heart for a year and a half, he was tugging at my heart, and I kept saying, I, I can't do it right now because of the music I listen to and because of the, the lifestyle that I've lived. Let me get some things worked out and then maybe, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this whole Christian thing with you. I'll, I'll let you, as if I can control God, as if he works on my terms. You know what God said? I don't, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I need you right now. I need, I need you right now. And he's saying that same thing to you. He did, God doesn't have time to wait on you to get all your crap together. <laughs> he needs you now. Listen, if, I, if I've met with you guys already that's what we're trying to support in this church is, is building you guys up so that you can, uh, uh, they told me they had something to do. They're not just walking out because they're disgusted with me. Um, love you guys. They've got something to do for the Lord. You guys go pray for somebody. But listen, uh, and I'm serious. Y'all guys go pray for somebody. All right, so, <laughs> so God has something for you to do right now. Grace puts us in a precarious position because it puts us in a place where we have no excuses because he's done it already for us. Stop making excuses about you can't do things because of this or because of that. We are a church here to support you to, to do your thing. We talked about primary purpose and secondary purpose. All of our primary purpose is the same, right? Our secondary purpose is different. We're all different, and we're going to have different things that we do and different personalities and different styles. But never let never let your secondary purpose override your primary Your primary purpose is to love the Lord your God with all your soul, mind, strength, everything, and love your neighbors yourself. It's It's the great commandment. That is primary. Secondary, it can look different. But we want to build you up in that. And everything that you're doing, we want to support you in that. That's church. Not this building, even though I'm calling the end from the beginning. We're going to pay it off and we're going to be good. Fine with that. But I'm telling you, you guys are the church, and I'm calling you out. This is who we are, and this is what we're going to do. And so if you've got something on your heart and you've got some kind of vision, we want to support you in that. We, we want to build you up in that. And so in as much as we can, you know, we're, we're all busy. We all have lives and jobs and different things. But we're going to continue to cultivate this in this church. And we're going to send you guys out, whether it's in your workplace or in school or in your neighborhoods or wherever you feel led. Um, Dawn just passed an awesome the, the test she's been working on for, for, for doing hers. I mean, the, Lord, the Lord's going to open doors for you. And that's that's an incredible ministry that you can use, and this is specific to what you love doing. Listen, it's not hard when God puts you in this this place. It may be scary at first, but it's not going to be hard. You'll fit right into it because it's what you're made for. Your primary purpose will supersede your secondary one right away. As soon as you go, okay, I don't know about this, but I feel like I should do this. And when you step into it, it'll fit like a puzzle piece. And God will say, I'll do this part. You just walk in it. Just walk in it. It's easier than you thought. Anyway, getting sidetracked. Yes, of course you can everybody here knows what's happened recently okay and i just want everybody here to understand that what's he saying about the support of the church that's what we're here for i prayed for years before kathy got sick um, about being a servant and that's what i want my family to do and that's how i want us to act okay as a a family as a starling family we're to serve others like Justin said, love the Lord your God in body, heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's what I was striving for. And I never in a million years dreamed that
1: I would be on the receiving end. And I have. Just everybody here has been incredible. And I just want, want everybody here to, to hear what Justin is saying. Because I have experienced the love of this church. And I know that everything, but we're, I think we're going to be okay. Thank you, Bill.
0: You want to hear something interesting? I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Bill. He was sitting Indian-style in the middle of the road taking pictures one day. And I pulled over, and it's the only time we've ever... I mean, we'd only been to really one church together as a family that we identified as our church, and um, we just felt the Lord telling us we needed to go somewhere, and we'd never felt that before, and we were new, and we didn't understand, but we felt like we needed to go somewhere. Where do we go? We don't know where to go, and I saw Bill sitting Indian style in the middle of the road, and I stopped, and I said, and he, hadn't, he went to the church we went to, and he hadn't been going for, for a few weeks, and he came to this church, and we spent a couple hours at Zaxby's talking, and and uh, it, it was God's timing because I was searching for, for outreach. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew I wanted to do the things that I saw in the Bible. I didn't want to just talk about them on Sundays. I wanted to do them. And uh, he was like, oh, you're going to love this place. They do outreaches and servant evangelism. I was like, what's servant evangelism? That sounds really cool. Fast forward you know, some 10 years now, and here we are. I mean, this is, you guys, you know this. You guys are family to us. We, I, I, I grew up, I had family, but not very much, and we weren't very close. Um, we were a pretty broken family and, and pretty messed up and and i look around and i see i see family this is this is our family this isn't a structured church Someone was asking about membership and i started just looking around membership what how i don't know i don't know how to do membership i'm new to this but the more i look at it it's like we don't we don't necessarily need to call it membership we're a family if you're here and you want to be a part of our family you're a part of our family Amen. i mean it's not more complicated than that if you want to talk more about it and we need to walk through some things and pray listen we're here for that we want to meet with you and and pray with you and and go through some of that stuff. But we're not a club, and we're not going to have a membership. So we're going to be a family. Yes. We have membership? It's called adoption. <laughs> there you go. You know what? We uh, we make we make call we. I don't know. I'm trying to structure things. I don't need to structure anything. We'll just call it adoption. So we'll work it out. We'll work out the details later. I like it. Oh, I love I love you guys. You guys are awesome. All right. So um, I'm running out of time. So we, you guys, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, Man, this is so good. You guys, stand up with me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray over you guys. I'm gonna bring Chris up. Um. Whew. Listen, I just, <clears throat> I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to manipulate you, but I'm gonna ask you if you guys will just hold your hands out like this. Just, just open your hands, um, and close your eyes. And, and the only reason I do this, it's not some religious duty or anything. Um, <laughs> I said duty. No, it's not some religious thing that we have to do. <laughs> Sorry. It's not some religious thing that we have to do so that God works and we don't have to have our eyes closed. But what I, the reason I close my eyes is to, to, I'm easily distracted for one, but also to separate myself um, a little bit from this world and, and, and tap in a little bit to, to the spiritual realm because heaven is with us, God is within us. And so when I close my eyes um, to the natural realm, it begins to open my spirit to the spiritual realm, if that makes sense. I don't mean to sound too kooky, too kooky, but um, it, it it just helps reveal to me what God's speaking to me because I can focus better. So I'm asking you to do the same thing. Open your eyes, I mean, open your hands, close your eyes. Father, we just pray right now that that um, just as we've been here, uh, um, just receiving your truth for us, Father, that that um, we can rest in it. Uh, um, Father, that, that, that we can grow in it. Father, that we can move in it. Father, grace is not... Um, some excuse to sin as people try to try to make it sound but grace is the wind behind our backs father that that helps us and that moves us and that gives us the freedom to love people because you supply our love not people you tell us who we are not people and so we don't run out of love and we don't we don't have to have it from other people but it's just an extra blessing when we get it And, Father, that as we receive your love for us and our identity is found in you and you only, we can distribute it. We we are an R&D church, and we're going to receive your love and distribute it. Father, our hands are open as 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 a public display of what we're doing, and we're submitting to you because you're a good, good Father. This may be foreign to us, especially me, because I didn't grow up with a good Father, but you are a good Father. And we can trust you. And we're not going to demand you give us what we deserve. But we're going we're to receive what you have for us. And it's so much better than we thought. And so in the same way we receive it with open hands, we're going to give it out with open hands. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But we receive it. And we're going to give it. Father, open our eyes for every divine appointment that we run into, every person that we see. Speak to us. Open our ears to hear you. Whether at the grocery store, um, the gas station, uh, San Pedro Sula. Father, open our eyes and open our ears to see divine appointments and speak to us what you want us to pray for people. We're here to do it and we, we just submit ourselves to you right now. Father, seal in, your, seal in our hearts the decisions we make right now, Father, just remind us of how good you are. It's all about you, Jesus, and we just thank you. In your holy name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 All right, real quick. We're a little over, but Chris, come up front. Um, Please. (laughs) So demanding. Get up here. Um, You stand right here. Um, Anybody that wants to come up, you don't have to, but if you want to come up, just lay hands on Chris. Um, We're going to pray for him. And then I'm going to ask Chris for, do you mind praying for us? Would that be okay? Okay. We're going to ask Chris to pray for us too. <laughs> Father, we thank you for Chris right now. Father, we thank you for the vision that you've given him. Father, we thank you that, that he has found his, his purpose, Father, and he sees it. Amen. Father, thank you for his, um, his spiritual lenses, Father, that you've showed him. Father, just even as we're here, your spirit knows knows no time and space and distance, Father, but you are working things out over there. Father, in Honduras, Father, you are putting people in positions that when he gets back, Father, that you are going to make light work of his whole situation. Father, as he moves in your spirit, Father, you are going to guide him every step. Father, just the same vision you gave me years ago, it's going to be like puzzle pieces coming together. Every step he takes, it's going to look like a zipper closing and puzzle pieces coming together. Father, you're going to restore people's families. Father, you're going to restore um, their relationship with you. Father, you're going to restore um, people's physical ailments. Father, you're going to heal people. Father, it's its just as much a miracle to see one child get saved as a new limb grow, but you're going to do it all. Father, We we... We thank you that that complete 100% power is going with him. Father, he doesn't go by himself, but Father, we are here and we are continuing to raise him up. Father, every step he takes, Father, we're praying for him and we are with him and we are for him. And Father, not only that, you are. Father, anytime he begins to get discouraged over there, remind him. Remind him of who you are in him. And just reveal yourself to him and just recharge him and strengthen him. Father, that he would just lean into you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We do. We celebrate with with those that celebrate and we mourn with those that mourn, Father. It's not just him, Father, but we want to take that with him. Thank you, Father. Just continue to bless him as he goes. And just let let him always know and always remind him that, that you were with him and we are with him as well. In Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. 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 And Chris, if if, uh, if you want a mic, you can have a mic. If not, you can just holler. What do you want? You want a mic? I just, I just want you to pray for us, man. I think we're uh, not trying to be selfish, but we'll take it. <laughs>
1: Father, I just thank you so much, Father, for this day, Lord. Um, I'm just overwhelmed that we all get to be- come together here, Father, and just listen to your word and the gospel, God. Um, help us not to take for granted this moment, God, because the reality of it is we can come here freely, free from having to worry about persecution when our brothers and sisters, millions of them around the world, are being persecuted for just proclaiming your name. Um, yes. God, I pray, Father. Uh, for your provision, God, over this church, your blessing, God. Yes, thank um, you, I pray that your spirit will continue to pour out of this church, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank and I pray um, for Justin as well, God, that the Holy Spirit, God, I just pray that will just flow out of him, Lord, because the reality of it is there's no great sermon, there's no great preacher, there's only a great God. Yes, Lord. <laughs> and God, help us to remember, God, that... You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. We're missionaries all around here, God, because our mission fields at our job, our mission fields at a restaurant, our mission fields at school, God, because we are ambassadors of Christ, Father, and we represent you. Uh, God, we love you so much, and we're so thankful we serve a sovereign God. Yes, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.
0: Awesome. I love you.
1: you.